Felcher, host of the Kid Fun and More podcast on Word of Mom Radio. I've written several books on creative play for kids, including my latest, Kid Fun 401 Easy Ideas for Play. On our podcast, we'll talk to people who care about kids in many different ways. Experts, entrepreneurs, psychologists, parents, teachers, and others. While learning about their line of work and special interests, We'll also talk about their memories of fun they had when they were young. I'll also share a kid fun tip that we hope will enrich your experience with kids. And now it's time for our guest. I'm really excited about today's interview because Emiliano Mezies is a good friend of mine, and I actually manage his career. But we never really talked about his life as a child in Buenos Aires. Emiliano is one of the foremost tango pianists in America today. He was born in Argentina, and he moved to New York in 2016. A composer and arranger, Emiliano was the pianist for Forever Tango on Broadway and the West End in London, and he has performed around the world. He has a recording relationship with Aliud Records in the Netherlands. So welcome to Kid Fun. Hi, Charlotte. Thank you for inviting me. I would just love to share with our Kid Fun audiences what it was like for you when you were young. So tell us where you grew up. It was the suburbs, wasn't it, of Buenos Aires? Yes. I, I grew up in, in, a, in a small town called Adrogué, which is in the south of Buenos Aires City. So I was, let's say, one hour by train from the main, main city of Buenos Aires. I was still in the province of Buenos Aires which is like a state of Buenos Aires, but in a small town. So is, was your weather like our weather? Uh, it's the opposite. Uh, so January for me, which is my birthday, January 28th, is a very, very hot uh, season. It's, it's summer for us. So it's the opposite from the U.S. Is it summer like our summer or even hotter? I have the impression it's hotter. It's very similar to what New York is, except for winter, because, of course, we don't have snow in Buenos Aires, and it, it doesn't get that cold. Uh, but then I would say that summer is pretty much the same, and autumn as well, spring, pretty much the same. The only difference is the winter doesn't get that cold there. Okay, I wasn't sure about that. So <laughs> tell us all about your family. I know you have siblings. Yes, uh, I have one sister and one brother. Both of them are older than me. My brother is four years older than me. My sister is five years older than me. And then my mom and my dad. So did you all play a lot? I Because it's kid fun, I just love to hear stories about when people grew up and what their memories were with their siblings and family. Yeah, well, because also, you know, I'm, I'm from, the, from 1979. So uh, when I was 10 years old, I'm talking about 1989, of course. And, you know, I lived, as I said, in a very small town. Well, not that small, <laughs> but, but not that city. You know, when, when, you, when you think about Buenos Aires, you think about New York. It's a big city. When I didn't grow up in that kind of city, I, I grew up in a, in a small town. And I just remember playing outside a lot. I, I even played soccer, which nowadays I don't even follow. I don't even know anything about that. But I remember playing sports on the streets with friends. 
I used to play with friends on the streets, sports or just, you know, running around or going on bike rides and stuff. So I maybe I didn't play as much with my brother and sister because they were older and they're closer in age because they're just one age apart. So they used to play more. And, you know, five years older when you're 10, it's a lot from 10 to 15. So we weren't that close when, when we were playing. I was playing more with my uh, friends those days from school. So when you played outside, did you play baseball? No, we don't play baseball in Argentina. We play soccer. Argentina is very, very big about soccer. There's no American football. There's no baseball. I mean, maybe there's like one, <laughs> but mm-hmm. no big deal. In Argentina, it's tennis is big, basketball is big, and soccer is huge every everyone plays and follows soccer except me probably but <laughs> everyone else does is soccer called football or is that only in europe um well the the real term is football actually you guys call it football wrongly i think that's why you call american football that's why you need to call soccer right but the real term is football i think because it's football <laughs> you play with the, with the foot oh, american american, so american football know. actually doesn't play with foot so i don't know why you call it football but <laughs> But then you need to call it soccer <laughs> to make difference, right? So it's it's always a big thing. Or only in America they call soccer what actually is football. That's what I mean. <laughs> so while I did play with my brother, he's three and a half years older. In the house, we interacted in a lot of fun ways. Nice. I even remember when we had a pots and pan band. My mother played <laughs> nice. piano. My father, I think, played drums on the pot. I think nice. I played uh, maybe cymbals with pot lids and drumsticks. Or maybe my brother played piano. But we all, like, we really had a good time interacting. And the way you talk about your family, it seems like you probably did, too. Was music oh, in yeah. Staff? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, that that's the other thing, that inside the house, I, I, I'm always so thankful about that. Also seeing generations nowadays, how different things are in general. But I'm very thankful to, to have a, had a family where, you know, we, we will always sit for lunch all together in a table or dinner and mm-hmm. always talk and always share things and always like very, very close family in, in that term. We, that, that's something that probably was, of course, encouraged by my parents, of course. But, you know, things like my mom, for example, a funny thing is one day I realized that my mom, that my our TV used to have like one TV and it was in the living room, but it wasn't where we used to have lunch or dinner. So I was like, why the TV is not there? And my mom was like, well, but that that was intentional because if we would have had the TV, we would be watching TV and we wouldn't be talking. And I I always wanted to talk with you guys and always wanted to share, to you to share what did you do in school or what what, what are you doing later? And I thought that was so nice because I never realized about that. And, And I was like, well, that's actually important because, you know, when you have the TV, you turn it on and then you end up watching the news or whatever TV show. But when you don't have it, you have to talk. (laughs) Same way in my house. And let's see, when my kids grew up and I grew up, no TV. Now, when Barry and I have dinner, we sometimes watch TV while we're eating dinner. In fact, the way this house is set up, the TV is very convenient. So, Of course. Well, of course, and, and because of your your job and your business and and it's a different thing if you're talking about your couple and you know i think in that case she was my mom especially was taking care of how she would raise us and making sure that the dialogue is always important between parents and and kids and between you know sister and brother and like not to lose the dialogue thing not to that's the other thing that in my culture is very common to stay after lunch or dinner talking we call it sobremesa 
sobremesa means on the table or something like that. I mean, it doesn't make sense, but the sobremesa in Argentina is after you end up eating, you will just stay, maybe for a coffee or just talking or whatever, like probably digesting. Or, but that's a common thing that I grew up with and I like, and it's very hard to follow in New York because here people eat because they're in a rush and they just need to eat and then they keep going doing things and and I always like to actually stay I like to eat and and I like to stay and talk and you know like uh, like you would do in Thanksgiving for example here or exactly that's what I was thinking of we have family yeah. dinners beautiful every, hang around the table in Argentina every day is Thanksgiving <laughs> kind of wow that's <laughs> like great to cook and we like to stay talk. yeah because of all the Italian uh, you know uh, thing that we so, have in our blood and yeah but did you speak english at home at all not at home but i studied i mean my parents doesn't speak english but they made sure that we the three of us me my brother and my sister would study because uh, they knew how important it would be to know in the future they and i'm so thankful today yeah. because when i start traveling it makes such a difference for me which i never understood but then i start realizing how Many of my colleagues or friends wouldn't be able to do things because they couldn't even express that, you know. You know, in Argentina, it's normal to have English in the school, but only that won't give you a good level of English. Oh, you need conversation. So, exactly. So, so when you were young, did you ever imagine you would not live in Argentina and you'd be in America? Uh, hmm, no, no, I don't think so. No, 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 no. So talk to me about, you've told me that the arts are really important in your family. and. And music was important. So because you're a musician, it's always interesting. Like, where did that come from? Yeah. Well, <laughs> in my house, <laughs> I don't know where to start. But first of all, I'm the youngest. For example, I, I have remember, like, I remember my brother used to read a lot. We used to have a lot of books in my house. Um, there was always bookshelves with books. There was also records, a lot of vinyls and, you know, like turntables and and my dad was a music fan. I feel like my dad is that kind of person that he would have loved to study music and he never did, but he always was very, very close to music and he used to listen to a lot of music and, and different styles. My mom used to listen to a lot. They both used to like movies a lot, European movies or American movies, like every, like every, every kind of movies. And I'm not talking just going to the movies like a commercial movie, but more like, you know, they used to have their preferences about the directors that they like and the styles of movies and so I would say that and also they, we used to go to the theater a lot my even though we lived like an hour from the city always in the weekends we used to go to see a play or a ballet or an opera or a mm. concert or something so I feel like I, 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 I you know when you're a kid you don't realize because you're like okay let's go and you just go and jump on the car and then you're on the theater watching and you probably would have never take that decision but you're there because you're young and your parents decide what to do <laughs> but then because of that i grew up in that kind of environment like going to a theater going to or seeing my brother or my mom or my dad or my sister reading or or watching movies in the house or calling they used to call friends too to watch movies and then talk about the movies and there was a cultural center, I remember, in, in the small town where I lived, where they used to do these uh, different events, like watching movies or seeing plays, and my dad was always involved on in that. So, like, in different ways, 
I was always surrounded by arts. Yeah, instead of sports, like we never, <laughs> I never got anything about that. If if you ask me about sports, I I don't know. My dad never like really follow soccer or my mom or my brother. So, so we were like. The thing I'm curious about when you listen to music, was it American music, also? Yeah, all kinds, all kinds. We in in. In Argentina, we listen to all kinds of music. We watch movies from everywhere. We read books from everywhere. Uh, Argentina has a very literate, like it's a very interesting culture in that way because of all the immigration we have from Europe. Uh, we we tend to have a lot of intention of finding out about other things. I feel like that's the reason, but that's a oh, longer to, talk. I want to throw something in here. It's not yes. that connected, but it's such a curiosity to me. I think I mentioned to you that I had this series I watched on Netflix, and it was called Velvet, and it was based in Madrid, Spain, and it, it was subtitled, so that's how I, they all spoke Spanish, but the music was English, American. It was all swing and jazz, and like cabaret, but it was always in English. And it made no sense to me because, and I would hear this American music and, you know, it really connected me to the story, but this is very, very popular in Spain and around the world. So did you listen to English words, music with English words in your home? Yes, of course. Of course. That's a normal thing. And it's not only American, it's European. We listen to any kind of music. Like I remember the the records that we had at home were from all kinds of music from all kinds of styles of music and from all languages and some of them you understand and some others you don't english is not uncommon in argentina we understand english mm-hmm. maybe not fluid for a conversation probably for anybody uh, but even still it's normal everybody knows who Elton John is, or Billy Joel, or like, you know, you can listen to Piano Man and you know where where that song comes from. But of course, you also listen to flamenco from Spain, or you also can listen from Napolitan songs from Italy, or you can listen to Greek music. Like, it's very common to being open. Argentina is a country that always looks outside, um, besides its own country because we also listen to tango or folk music or our pop or national rock and roll from you know but our national rock and roll is very influenced by the beatles so by the british ah. rock yeah, and roll it all so, fascinates me Especially- and tango, for example tango music is very influenced by the italian napolitan songs and you know mm-hmm. like everything comes from so that's why we're always looking around and that's why what i was telling you when my parents used to watch movies, they probably they will watch an Italian movie or they will watch a Greek movie or a Russian movie or an American movie or an Argentinian movie. But the, the interesting thing about Argentina that I really, really like is that you, you, we are always looking around and, and, and checking what's going on in the world, not only in Argentina. I have a feeling you're more curious than Americans. Americans probably are more like, you know, stay close. But yeah, it's a, I think it's something, in, I don't know if I would call it curious, like everybody's curious, but the thing is how much you want to be curious about and how much you know about what's going on around. Sometimes I feel like people don't know what's going on around, what other countries are, what other cultures are. Right. And, and that's the thing, like we, we are a country that we love to travel. I, I took my backpack and at 19 years old, I went on a backpack trip for three months around Europe by, by itself, only just mm. trains and visiting cities and seeing cultures. 
And that blew my mind. That was like, okay, this is what I want. I want to travel. And later on, I was traveling and working on a cruise ship, visiting like millions of cities. So I think like we are, we love our country, but we don't think it's the best. We were like, okay, just check the around because there is a lot happening in the world yeah, and you can I learn think, from everyone. You know, I maybe in Argentina too, but there's so much diversity right in America. You can mm -hmm. go south, you can go west, you can go, you know, there's so many yeah. different things in the north and Canada is a touching country. Yeah. Um, but I really want to talk about music because that's yeah. life. And so let's just talk a little before I take a break on sure. how music started, how you be became a musician. Like where did it all begin, the music? Uh, there was a piano in the living room in, in my home and I was just playing there. <laughs> I was the, the, the good thing about that is that the music, sometimes it's something that your parents kind of obligate you to do because they couldn't or they didn't have the courage to do you know i am a teacher and i have students what when i ask them why are you taking lessons there they tell me because my mom wants me to do that was and, me you know and that's okay that's fine because many people actually find in music like lots of great things i can't say that because they never actually obligated me they just there was a piano in my living room and i was I mean, it happened to me to be there every day. Can you play by ear? Can you? Yeah, just... yeah, because I was three, four, five. Like I was very, very young, and I would just go and play with one finger all the time, and then I start like learning songs and everything. But I didn't take lessons until I was twelve, I think. Which yeah. is actually, I went to my mom and I was like, I want to take lessons, and she was like, Okay, now I, I'll, I'll put you a teacher. Because the thing is, my brother and sister took lessons before me, and they got bored, and that's because. You know, you got to be very smart on the teacher you're going to take because sometimes it, they could be very, very, very traditional and boring. And then you, you end up hating music. <laughs> like many people, they will tell you, oh, I studied five years of music. I don't play anything and I hate it. You know, I'm like, music? Can you, how can you hate music? Well, your teacher may hate music. So it's so important, you know. And with me, oh, I love music. There you go. I love Broadway. I love jazz. And I only took classical, which is good because I could still sit down and play for a least. Nice. But, but I got bored. I didn't want to practice. It wasn't the music I wanted to play. But you know what? We've got to stop there because it's time for a break. We need to thank our sponsors. And we will be right back with Kid Fun and More on the Word of Mom Radio Network. She is brave, she is bold, she is you, and we want to tell your story. Are you ready to share your journey with us on Word of Mom Radio? Go to wordofmomradio.com and register as a guest. We want to tell your story because when you win, we all win. We all know a survivor. Some of our friends and family have made it through difficult times. Some of us don't make it. Losing a loved one to cancer, a car accident, or any other unfortunate event can be crippling and unavoidable. But one of the hardest subjects to talk about is suicide. Too often our youth decide that leaving this place is easier than facing the struggle forced upon them every day. More than one in four children go through some form of bullying or another. Most of us survive with scars, but for some, the inner demons created cannot be recognized or treated in time to ensure they make it through. Bullying in every form is very much avoidable. It starts with me and it starts with you. This is Kelly Carius from No Such Thing as a Bully reminding you to do your part when you see bullying happen. If you don't know what that is, call 403-447-4404 
or go to nosuchthingasabully.com. Don't let the name fool you. Stadiumbags.com is not just for sports fans. Our clear bags make it easier for you to get into any venue that you go to. And in today's world where we are so concerned about germs, the materials that our bags are made with are strong enough to stand up to the solvents that you can use to clean your bag so you know you come home safely. So check out stadiumbags.com. You'll see why we are the clear choice because safety, it's in the bag. We're back to continue Kid Fun and More with our special guest, Emiliano Mezies, a pianist, composer, arranger from Argentina, but who now lives in New York. So let's go past the part when you first learned to play and you you did have a natural love. Um, Did you dream of this incredible career you have? And we do have to talk about that too. No, I I didn't, (laughs) to be honest. I um and I'm very happy with my life but I never really plan it like some people say like oh this is what I wanted to do and I dream myself like I never did that I, because my I don't know the way I am I, I like to let you know the wind kind of take me uh, always choosing you know, it's what funny I want. for me I knew I loved kids obviously kid fun and more and I became a kindergarten teacher but then I retired at the old age of 25 to have kids and I was bored. And so I volunteered for the Children's Museum in Philadelphia. And that's where I learned how to do public relations. So if you wow. ask me if I dreamed about this career when I was young, I didn't even know what public relations was. <laughs> right, right. Not yeah. at all. Right. But so tell people about your journey, about where you studied. And oh, at, at 12, I went to my mom and I asked her to have a teacher. So she found me a teacher that actually she made sure that he was not going to be that traditional and actually she found me a jazz teacher which was really cool and he was teaching me all about improvisation and, and jazz songs and popular music and then after two years or three I went to him and I was like this is what I want to do I want to study music so he was like okay so you should actually go to the conservatory and actually learn proper career in music if that's what you want so I went to the National Conservatory of Argentina Buenos Aires and I did my whole career there but also I realized by the end of my career there is that I actually like to perform popular music. You know, there's two big groups in music. You have popular or classical. Classical is what we call academic, actually. And the academic music is something that I love to listen, to analyze and everything, but not necessarily to perform live. This is not, doesn't give me as much pleasure as popular music. Popular music, when I say popular, it could be anything from rock, jazz, pop, musical theater, tango, Latin, all of those, those those styles or rhythms, they, they give you the possibility of improvisation. And this is something that I really, really love. And that's why academic music for me is so hard, because it doesn't give you room for improvisation usually. And and it's beautiful also. Again, I, I actually <laughs> love music, any any style. But when it comes to performance, I I enjoy a lot the popular rhythms. And so then I decided to study... When I was finishing my conservatory, I went to a popular school, which actually was a school made by the Berkeley College of Music from Boston that they opened in Latin America and with all teachers and all the programs from Berkeley College. And I did also the career there. And then I kept, you know, I, you keep studying all the time. As a musician, you're always, always studying. And then I know about lots of different pieces of your career. So okay. then you played gigs, I think. And then someone mentioned tango to you? Yes. Um, I 
I it was hard for me to play live. I started playing my very first gig was or job as a musician was when I was probably twenty or twenty one. I play at a restaurant and I play jazz with a good friend of mine who's a saxophone player. So we played there for many years, for like four or five years. And one of those days somebody asked me if I could play a tango music tango song and I and I actually didn't know any. So I I went to learn and I learned a couple of them and and then I started playing more tango. By by those years when I was twenty, I was playing jazz, tango, pop, rock folk music and classical only to practice because the thing about academic music is it gives you all the technique that is so important for a musician to okay. then play properly you know any style that you want so I, I kept playing I kept playing classical music at home but not pop uh, in, in public you know in public I used to play like jazz and, and, and now tango also and in those years I got invited to an audition to play a tango show on a cruise ship and I didn't know I was going to be able to make it because I didn't consider myself a tango player, but they liked me and so they asked me for a callback. So I, I was like, okay, so I need to learn more tango. So then they actually hired me and, and I started traveling around the world playing tango music. And with a big show. With a huge show, yeah. It's, it was a very, very big show, which I was the director and the pianist of a six-piece orchestra with with let's say, oh my God, one, two, three, four, five, six, twelve dancers on stage, two singers. It was a big show. It was a very big show. You know, I always think the journey of somebody's life is so interesting. Look what you learned. Besides seeing the world and living a very nice life on the cruise ship, you were directing all these people. Now now you're beyond a musician, a music director, but still directing and being responsible yeah. for that show and respected yeah. so much by the people who coordinate who created it yeah. that you kept doing it year after year but then you then you come to new york in 2016 yeah and how did you ever get to the famous show forever tango and become their pianist oh that was a, a phone call you know <laughs> i was in oh, i was having a coffee actually i was it's funny because that day i had to do something that I really didn't want to do. I don't remember what, but I had something and I was like, I don't, I don't want, I don't want. And I was like, what if I don't do it? What if I cancel? What if I just do what I want? And I was like, why, what do I want to do? I was like, right now I really want to sit and have a coffee. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'm going to go to my favorite coffee place. And it was very funny because I got to the place, I ordered coffee, I sat, I was very happy. And then I got this phone call in that kind of environment, which if I would have done what I had to do, which I don't remember now, it was a class or something that I didn't want to do. Probably I wouldn't have picked up the phone or who knows. But <laughs> I was I was just sitting on a coffee, you know, I was like, okay, yeah, hello. And this is the producer of Forever Tango. I was like, whoa, okay, why are you calling me? I was like, well, because I saw videos of you and, and I somebody mentioned your name and I wanted to see if you're available to do an audition. And this this is how it started. I'm like, okay, and, and I was like, okay, send me the music. and he sent me like, my God, 35 pieces of music, which it was like, okay, this is impossible. I will never be able to learn this in a month because he wanted me to actually fly to Texas in a month to play in the show as an audition, right? Mm. But I, I thought, okay, but this is actually a really good opportunity. I did that. 
and it went great. I was super tired. I remember after the show, I jumped on a plane. I fall asleep before it took off. I arrived in New York, and I got a message from the producer saying, welcome to the family of Forever Tango. You're hired. We, we're going on tour and everything. And, and it was, yeah, that, that was a beautiful experience. I mean, I remember hearing about Forever Tango, and, and you know, crazy for me. Here I am. I'm talking talking to the pianist, planning your career with you. And I'll say, we're about to sign a record label. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, and, and that's connected, actually, because the funny thing is that we're about to sign a, an agreement with a license, with a, with a record label for an album that I recorded with two other persons, very, very well-recognized, quite legends in the tango world that actually I met, thanks to Forever Tango, because the bandonian player that I, I'm recording the album with his name is Horacio Romo, and he is the musical director of Forever Tango. And this is how oh. I met him. Oh, I so, didn't know that. Yeah. So the reason how I met Horacio, which for me was a legend before, it was like, oh, my God, Horacio, Horacio. When I got the contract with Forever Tango, I asked, who are the musicians? And they gave me all the names, and they said, the musical director and first bandonian is Horacio Romo. I was like, oh, I'm going to meet him. And the funny thing is, thanks to that show, I became really good friends of Horacio. And then thanks to Horacio, I met Pablo Agri, which is the third member in the trio. So, you know, one thing led to another, and that's exactly. how we end up exactly. playing together. I so. mean, the stepping stones. I met Emiliano because I was asked to do someone a favor and publicize a show that's in development called Bordello for a nonprofit charity event in Philadelphia. And I went to the website, which is Bordello the Musical, and I heard... I'm telling everyone, and I'm looking at you, Emiliano, and I heard Emiliano's music, and I just fell in love with it. I'm a musical, a Broadway musical person. I, I loved every song. I thought they were, it was great. And then we got to meet, and then our story is that uh, he needed publicity because from Argentina, you're always applying for visas, and so the publicity is helpful, and we got some publicity. And you said to me, boy, I always wanted a personal PR person. Yeah. Oh, this is interesting. I don't even know if I knew about tango. (laughs) But I have learned through you is amazing. And here we are, you know, it's it's really times up for kid fun and more. But it was so much fun to hear about you as a young boy. When I spoke to my producer and I told her what I wanted to do, she said, Oh, that's a great idea. You know, that's that will be a terrific show. And guess what? It's been terrific sitting back and listening to you, not just someone who's motivated to help you with your career, but to really learn about you as a young person. So kid fun was in your life, even if it was playing sports outside and not (laughs) baseball. That's what I learned. (laughs) Totally. Everybody, you can find out a lot more about Emiliano Mezies on his website. And I'm going to spell your name. E-M-I-L-I-A-N-O. His last name is M-E-S-S-I-E-Z. And just put it together.com. And we hope you're going to learn some great things about him, especially in the future as we plan. And to all of you, I hope you have a wonderful Kid Fun Day. And thank you for listening. Thank you, Emiliano. Thank you so much, Charlotte. Thank you. This was lovely. Thanks. On behalf of everyone here on Word of Mom Radio, and the Word of Mom Media Network. Thanks for tuning in to Kid Fun and More. We're going to close with our fabulous theme song from Smith Sisters Bluegrass. So, till next time, this is Charlotte Felcher. And don't forget to visit my website, kidfunandmore.com. 
for activities, information about my books, and much more. She is sure. Sure.